episode 28. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And this is a yeah, podcast. it's day 28 or day 29? It's 28. Let's say it's 27. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. All right, so Leviticus 17 through 20. So last time we talked about uh, Leviticus 16, the Day of Atonement, where the high priest goes into the Holy of Holies, makes a sacrifice for the nation of Israel, and it was as if this was the sacrifice of all sacrifices, the Sabbath of Sabbaths, right? He would cleanse the temple and atone for the sins of the people. 17 comes, and God is not so much concerned about how people enter the presence of God, but how people live in the presence of God. Ah. So now you have all of these ethical implications in in chapter 17 through 26 that God is going to say, yo, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. This is how I call you to live as my people who have been set apart for a specific purpose, bringing the nations to me. The first thing he says, he says, yo, first thing, these unworthy sacrifices, don't do it. Don't sacrifice to another God, Right. right? And be clear and be uh, uh, adamant about the type of sacrifices you bring to me. Mm. Why is he saying no sacrifice to another God? Mm. Because part of the book of Leviticus, what it's trying to say is this. This is how God, so only and only God, is supposed to be worshipped. Right. Right. In those days, people took sacrifices to other gods as an act of worship. Right. And so God is saying, no, no, no. Chief, mm. I'm the only one that deserves your worship. Right. And this is so key, bro. Because in the New Testament, you know what Paul's going to say? Yeah. He's going to say, yo, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as mm. living sacrifices. Oh, and this good. is your true spiritual worship. That's good. So in the Old Testament and the New Testament, sacrifice yeah. is how we worship yeah. the true and living God. Yeah. And on top of that, bro, we see again yeah. Leviticus 16 comes before Leviticus 17. Come on. God's grace precedes God's law. Yeah. Right? God's grace always initiates. Yeah. Right? He's already provided the means to come into his presence. Right. So now as a response to that, right. this is how we ought to live. And I love that word too. Like God is going to continue to drill home. Yeah. Right? No, no. Listen, listen, listen. The instructions and the laws hmm. are a response to the relationship. Yeah. I'm going to establish the relationship first. That's on me. Yeah. That's all me. And then I'm going to tell you what shape it exists in, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's so dope that God continues to drive that point home in salvation in the way that he talks and gives the law yeah. because we always have a tendency to reverse those and to flip-flop. Yeah. And when we don't keep the law, yeah. feeling as if, all right, the way that we get back into right standing with God is by keeping the law, but that's not the case at all. Yep, 18 comes, and one of the things... The 18.5 is going to say yeah. is that keep my statutes and ordinances. A person will live if he does them. I am the Lord. Right. And people have taken that even throughout um, Israelite and Jewish history to mean like, no, 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 no. See, we got to keep God's laws right. in order to live before him. Right. And what they're missing is the narrative and structure of Leviticus mm. in the context that verse actually comes in. And so uh, Paul actually quotes that too. And people have taken that out of context. Anyway, Leviticus 18 is super good, bro. Yeah. Because again, context is key. He's going to talk. Now the Bible is not random, right? The Bible right. is not random. I want people to hear that. He's going to talk about a ton of sexual immorality. Right. Right. In, uh, uh, that, that, w- that could possibly be among the people of God that they are to abstain from. Why? Because these are the practices of the pagan cultures of the land of Canaan that they are entering. Right. So he's saying, yo, 
all this stuff I'm telling y'all not to do is because that's what they're on. Right. And guess what? Every single, hear this, every single culture that the people of God have lived in, there will be a type of pressure yeah. to capitulate to right. the surrounding culture. Right. And God is saying, don't do it. And oftentimes, there's not only pressure to capitulate to the surrounding culture, there's persecution if you don't. Right, 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 right. right and so right. God is saying, no, like, you guys are not to imitate them. What were they doing? They were committing uh, homosexuality, bestiality, and incest. Right. And in pagan uh, uh, temples as a worship to pagan gods. Right. And God is saying, yo, <laughs> how we use our bodies, well, how we think of marriage, all of those things yeah. are to be seen in light of what I've said, my good and perfect design for you. Right. And we just see again, bro, when our wor- when our worship goes sideways, right. our ethics does as well. Right. Mm. And and God is saying like, yo, bro, like, um, and very similar to today, um, you know, we, we have many pressures uh, sexually, uh, yeah. I, I think, in, in our culture and time. And what God is saying, like, no, do not imitate the culture right. uh, that's around you, but imitate me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part of what God is trying to do in this book is even show that, all right, look, God's making these distinctions, this mm-hmm. set-apartness, and God has a people that he has here. And he's like, I want you to be distinct and set apart in the way that you do things mm. so that you don't, uh, yeah, chameleon your way through a culture, mm. but you stand out. Yeah. And there's something distinct and different. So even when you find yourself amongst people who don't do things the way that you do, there's something about you that stands out, right? And as it stands out, there's something that points to God and his greatness and his goodness, that there is a way that God has designed for us to live that is not just arbitrary, but it lends towards human flourishing. And it shows something about the goodness of God. Yeah. And in those days, it was to the gods and goddesses of Canaan that these things uh, uh, would be done for. And today, I think it's for the gods and goddesses of self. Right, right. right. And so God is saying, no, that's not how you're supposed to live. My judgment is is coming upon them for that. And guess what? If you do it too, guess what? Y'all can get it too, right? right? We see the impartiality of God. Leviticus 19 comes. He follows that. He says, yo, be holy. Why? Because I, the Mm. Lord, your God, am holy. Mm. Don't worship and imitate them. Instead, worship and imitate me right. right so he flips it not just what you're not supposed to do but what you are supposed, supposed to, do to do as well we're not just the people uh, that are known for what we're against but what we're for so 19 comes and leviticus 19 is super key yeah why because he gives all these ethics and in one verses 1 through 17 of leviticus 19 he's gonna give all the 10 commandments right, right. goes back to the to the heart of the law then he's gonna say this the poor and the marginalized g right that's your responsibility again don't what do you, what do you say <laughs> don't glean to the edge of the field right Leave that for the poor and the resident right. alien. Why? Like, like, no, like you can if, if yeah. like think about it. Like, it's your harvest. Yeah. But your harvest is not just for you. Right. It's for the poor among you as well. Yeah. And you're supposed to live for them. And at the center, so Leviticus is a literary masterpiece. Leviticus 19 itself is a literary masterpiece. Because at the center of Leviticus 19, you know what it says? Mm. Love, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. As, as, as yourself. yourself. Yep. Right? Yeah. And God is like, yo. It's so important, not just to this text, but as we see to the whole Bible, that Jesus himself is going right. to say, yeah. no, 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 the greatest commandment is to love God yeah. and to love neighbor. Yeah. 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 Glean into the edge of your fields is this, right? For yep. those of y'all that uh, don't farm, right? <laughs> right. It's you've got a field. Say you've, you've got a field that's a, like square, right? Mm-hmm. Yo, 
take the most out of it, right? But at the end of the day, God's saying, no, no, listen, as you glean, yep. right? Yo, don't te- like, if it's a plate of food, <laughs> eat the middle of the plate. Don't scrape the sides of the bowl. Don't pick up the bowl and lick it and get all that you can out of it. No, eat and be full, mm. but leave some for people that don't have any. Right, that God's point in all of this is, yo, like your job, like you said, mm-hmm. is to take care of the disadvantaged, not always to maximize profit. That's good. Right, that there is a way in which we live. I love that, bro. Where we build in generosity to the good things that God provides for us, and mm-hmm. so that's the goal. And and look, while we don't farm today. Facts. There's plenty of ways that we yes. can put that principle into practice, yes, right? Bro. It's a uh, yo. I know it's easy when we drive home seeing somebody that doesn't have things, and they ask you for money, and mm. for you to say, ah, "I don't have any cash on me." Mm. Yeah, yeah, you don't have any cash on you, but I guarantee you, you've got five or ten dollars that you ain't really gonna miss. Yeah, right. Yo, go to the bank, carry some ones on you, right? Mm-hmm. With your paycheck. Don't glean to the ends end of the field on your paycheck. Like, think of ways yeah. that you can be generous with all that God has provided for you. Yeah, it's so much in, the, in Leviticus 19. Um, yeah. One of the things I do want to say, though, is when he talks about um, uh, loving your neighbor, he's going to set it in contrast to two things. He says, yo, don't take revenge or bear grudge against any members of your community, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. And I've just, I just never have seen that, bro. When I, when I've read this text, it's like I love my neighbor, but it's contrasted against grudges and taking revenge, right? And I think we've been guilty of both, bro. Right? Right. How many times have we held a grudge Mm. with somebody that is our brother or sister Mm. in the name of they did me wrong, right? Right. And God is like, no, like that is not your responsibility. You're not accountable for what they did to you but you are accountable for how you respond to that. Amen. And, and God is like, yo, I think the Lord Jesus is lauded for, yeah, his love for God, for yeah. sure, but also his love for neighbor. Amen. Christ was the only person who ever said, yo, like, nah, 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 forgive them. Yeah. But they don't know, know what, what they, they do. Yeah. Last thing I want to say. Yeah. Leviticus 20. Um, very similar to Leviticus 18. He's yeah. going to talk about not just these sexual practices of these pagan cultures. Yeah. But he's also going to talk about the consequences for Israel. Right. And a lot of times what God is going to say, is death is yeah. the consequence. Mm. And I know this may be a hard text. It's like, yo, God, see, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> right. It's Old Testament God, KP. Right. I ain't I ain't <laughs> feeling it. But what I want you to consider is this, that the Apostle Paul is going to say in the New Testament right. that the wages of sin is death. Right. And I want you to hear what one scholar says about this particular text in Leviticus 20. Right. He says, unlike other ancient Near Eastern civilizations in Israel, crimes of a religious nature mm-hmm. or against family life, hear yeah. this, receive the strongest punishment yeah this pattern contrasts with the cuneiform laws of the ancient near east where violations resulting in economic loss tend to be treated more severely right these laws run counter to the biblical ethic which places more value on life than on material or possession so what is he Mm. saying god takes the family bro Mm. and himself yeah so serious right that death could be the cause Mm. Or, or the punishment for disrupting those things. Yeah. And the beauty of the gospel, man, 
is that God takes those things so serious. Right. Family and religious practice. Yeah. That the father, yeah. <laughs> catch this, mm. that the father is going to send his son mm. and have him down across to pay the penalty for people who yeah. would do such things. And yeah. the graciousness of God is that, again, no matter what you've done right. in this text or in any other text in right. scripture, the Lord has provided a way to come back into his presence Amen. through the life, death, and burial resurrection of Jesus. Amen. God has provided a solution for every single problem that we have made. We may have been uh, inflicted ourselves right. or have been inflicted uh, upon us. And so the, the task for us is to trust his solution more than ours. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's pray. Father, uh, we trust you, Lord. Uh, by virtue of the fact that we pushed play this morning, we're saying that we trust you. We expect to hear something from your word that speaks to our heart and guides us to uh, love you and to learn what it means to trust you better. Lord, would you do uh, for us what we can't do for ourselves? Lord, would you heal the things um, in our heart that are broken? Would you remind us of your incredible grace towards us in Christ Jesus? It's in Jesus' name we pray. 